it's me, Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, from all those Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, man. And I'm breaking the silence to tell you that you're listening to the Buff and the Blazer podcast with Drew and El Tato. Enjoy the show, kids. Hey, El Tato. What's going on? We got a podcast of Buff and the Blazer. If I was a listener, where would I go to find more? You can check us out on our website, thebuffintheblazer.com. Drew over there writes an article that goes along with every single episode. You can find all kinds of little extras on the articles, and you can listen to the podcast right there. Also, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we're on Twitter, at Buff and Blazer. Follow us there. Get those clicks, people. The Buff and the Blazer. Welcome to episode 58 of the Buff and the Blazer podcast, the show where we break down the new movies, the old movies, everything in between. I'm Drew, and I'm here with my good pal, Mr. El Tato, as always. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? Doing good. Winter <laughs> time up here, and it's awesome. Lots of snow. Lots of snow. Even down the mountain, mm-hmm. we got a little bit crazy weather these days. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we got another one this week. We are discussing The Little Things, directed by John Lee Hancock and written by John Lee Hancock. And this was, I think, the first film to stream on HBO Max after they announced that their whole slate was going to be put onto it. Uh, Wonder Woman kind of doesn't count because I guess they planned to do that beforehand. Mm. But anyways, what did you think about uh, their first uh, direct-to-stream release, The Little Things? I was a little underwhelmed. I was I was expecting quite a lot considering the cast. And uh yeah, I didn't meet my expectations. I think it missed on a bunch of different levels. There were some good things about it, but overall I think it's a bit of a whiff. Gotcha. And uh I'm not that big of a fan of this genre anyway. Kinda like the crime mystery type stuff. Right. But I was expecting a lot from Denzel and Leto. Leto was good. But, yeah, it fell pretty <laughs> flat for me. It was pretty boring. Not a lot happened at all. It's more of like a psychological type of thing, type of movie. Make you think, I guess. Make you second guess. And I was just pretty bored with it, especially after the ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What about you? Uh, I think you said something super interesting in that you called it a psychological film. And I think that's where the expectation comes in because what we're sold, I think, in the trailer for this movie is that it's a crime thriller drama. Yeah. And it's almost not that at all Yeah, in ways. It's uh, very psychological. But I think, like you, I was a little bit let down. It was a bit anticlimactic. To say the least. And, yeah, it was kind of slow. But something about it, I don't think I hate it as much as everyone else does. I mean, I'm talking about the critics at least. Well, and the audience score, to be honest. So it's at a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes with a critic score and then 164 reviews and then a 63% audience score. I'd say maybe it's a little bit higher for me just because 
I think it's trying to be something different from the typical crime drama, and I think it succeeds. Whether or not it does so well, that's something a little bit different. But like you, I think I really enjoyed the performances. Denzel, Jared Leto, Rami Malek, they're all great in this film. I disagree and, with that. N- you really? Yeah. Who? Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk get about into that. it. I want to know about it. But yeah, I liked all three of them, and I guess they really kind of drive the movie. They keep you somewhat interested, especially Denzel. But yeah, that was kind of my, my take on it. It's a, I was a little bit lukewarm with my reaction to everything that unfolded by the end. But let's get into story a little bit. Without spoiling, obviously. This movie just came out. Yeah, so we'll, we'll try avoid. and be vague. Be as yeah. vague as the movie is. How about Sh- that? There you go. So it's on HBO Max. You can check it out if you're a subscriber. Uh, no additional cost. But let's see. In terms of like... So I know you're not huge in the genre, and I'm not either. But in terms of the overall story, would you say it's pretty much in line with something you'd expect from that genre, like the story itself and where it ends up? Or was there anything that kind of stuck out to you where you were like, that's that's a little more unique than I thought it was going to be? Yeah, unique in the sense that it's very open-ended, the, yeah. the whole story. Mm-hmm. And... I think it was probably much better on the page. I get you. Right, than than in the movie. Because there's no wrap-up to it, right? No. there's It's just kind of like a thriller, or not a thriller, but like a mystery that's kind of coming together. Yeah. And falling apart at the same time. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't strike me as the... It strikes me as being original in this genre. I'll say that, right? Because you always want the payoff with this crime stuff, I think. Yeah, and I think this thing does something interesting, and I think what makes it different is that you set off trying to... You think you're trying to solve, I guess, the crime-slash-mystery at hand. So there's a murder, and it plays like the A-line through the film that everyone's trying to solve. But at the end, you realize that that's not necessarily the thing you're solving, you're solving another like mystery B story that has to do with Denzel's character. And you kind of find out about something that happened in his past. And for me, I guess that that caught me off guard a little bit because I was like, I want to know what happened to this person that's in the very beginning of the film that we we find out, you know, the, the case surrounds and everything. But they give you an answer to something you didn't really expect and didn't really know was a thing. You kind of, they just give these vague hints that, oh, something happened to Denzel's character, Joe Deacon, that everyone kind of alludes to, but you have no idea about. And then at the end, they drop a bomb and you're like, oh, okay. So it's kind of like, yeah, they they take you along this whole mystery thriller storyline and you're expecting to solve one crime but then it ends up answering something for another crime. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like the the main the A line of the main murder is like the bait. Yeah. For this, so the whole movie gives the impression that things are all falling in line for a long list of murders to line up, right? Right. And Denzel is chasing this kind of lost murder that he sees similarities in this current one, right? Yeah. 
but it's all just a big bait for Denzel's character trying to justify yeah. his actions from a decade or 15 years right. earlier. And then seeing him seeing... <laughs> I, I guess the whole story is about, like, on the deep level, it's about what detectives go through on a mental side trying to figure out these murders, right? Yeah. That's the main deep storyline? Yeah, I think so. And that's where the whole psychological thing comes into play. And it's interesting because they actually dive into that pretty, I mean, obviously. You have characters that show up that are dead, and they're (laughs) in the room with him. So there's this whole, like, uh, visualizing the mental aspect of it literally on screen. But I think what makes this story somewhat interesting is not so much the plot itself, but it is the characters. Because the characters sort of drive what the story is. And you don't really get that until the end. Yeah, and that's that's the bait and switch, right? Like, it's not a mystery thriller. Right. It's a a character story. It's almost like the whole film is about you trying to chip away and get into the head of a character, and by the end you finally do. And I guess that's how I would sum up this movie in terms of its plot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know. Were you surprised at all by the ending of this film? Surprised, I guess, in the fact that I was thinking there might be some closure. Right. Right, so it's a total kind of misdirect resolution. Yeah, for sure. More disappointed Yeah. than surprised. I get you. Because it was long, and it was boring, and there wasn't a lot going on, and you were doing a lot... the. The movie was forcing you into doing a lot of thinking, yeah, and trying to figure stuff out. Do you and think that's at the end partly it's why they like I gotcha? Yeah. Do you think that's I, partly why they drag you along the whole time? Because it's like, oh, we're gonna drag you along, and that's have the you... point. Right. Okay. That's what yeah, I was thinking the, too. That's the point of the thing, right? Oh, the whole movie and the whole deep storyline is yeah the drag along and the lack of closure. Yeah, for sure. I wish I could ask you. What, <laughs> what you about thought. you? How'd you like that ending? Did you think something was going to happen? Yeah, I thought we were going to get some kind of resolution to the A storyline crime mystery aspect. Mm. And when we didn't, I was like, ah, oh, that's a bummer. But then I was surprised to find out about what happens to Deacon's or what happened in Deacon's past. So that, that caught me off guard a little bit. And I wasn't completely upset uh, by the time it came around. I just felt like, yeah, it, it dragged a little bit. But like, like you said, I think it was intentional for them to drag you along like that. But I did like how they executed the ending. Yeah. Like with Rami's character when they're in the that area. The, the dry lake? Right. I got a question. Sure. Do you think the ending lowers your perception of Deke? Yes. Like a lot on, intentionally? Because um, the whole time you're like, oh it's giving the impression that he's like this murder mystery solving genius. Yeah. And then it kind of psychs you out. It's not so much that I'm like, it lowers my, my opinion of Deke as, as a character, but what it does is it does cause you to, to think about your perception of a character. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this is so cool about this film is that this, to me, this movie is all about perception yeah. of a character. It, it's like throughout from top to bottom. Yet, like you said, when you meet Deacon, you think he's like this old kind of seasoned, cool detective that did a lot of good work in his past, which part of that is probably true. 
and then something happens and you find out something completely off the rails about his character and then it causes you to think you know something something's like off with this guy he's he's obviously like tormented and he has all this baggage in his past and it really causes you to rethink about uh, rethink the way you feel about a character just based off of the surface stuff same thing with Rami Malek's character like you think he's just this young dick detective <laughs> and then you end up spending more time with him and you see his family his daughters and you kind of have this impression of him that changes as the film goes on and the same exact thing with Jared Leto's character Albert Sparma and it's like some of the bits of how you see these characters are true and they follow what you think, but then in other ways, it's completely different once you spend a little bit more time with them. And I think that's kind of the heart of this movie anyways, is like, don't take people at a surface level and judge them that way. Cause there's like a lot more to them that you mm. have no idea about. And I think they were totally playing with that in this movie. I didn't think, uh, Rami fit as Jim Baxter. Yeah, you didn't think he was a good casting choice for that role? No. <laughs> no, I don't think he pulled off the the detective very well. Gotcha. And there was like a ton of just, between him and Denzel, a lot of just face. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just like yeah. wicked face acting. <laughs> and not a lot of dialogue. And it just got annoying after a while. Yeah, I was waiting for him to break out into a Queen song. It was just like, he I don't know, he has this like strange way of looking bewildered. Yeah. A little bit all the time. Yeah, some of their interactions are kind of weird. And yeah, some and of the lines are a bit awkward. Yeah. And I think that was all intentional, right? Like, especially with Denzel's character. There's a lot of him, a lot of face action where you can tell he's trying not to lose it. Right? Yeah. And that's the intention intent like when he goes to see his ex-wife and he's asking about the kids like he's just trying that whole time not to lose it but it just felt like a too much face i get from you both of their characters there were other times too where denzel would like flash a smile in a certain scene or whatever and it would just seem kind of out of place and i'm trying to think now if whether that was intentional where you're just like oh this guy's there's something up with this guy like emotionally he's <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it was all intentional, yeah. and I get it now. Mm -hmm. But it was just a bit annoying. I really liked Leto. Leto was great. I I really loved his performance. <laughs> so creepy. Sometimes you don't even. It's like it's not even him, with the way even just a bit of those prosthetics, if that's what it is. Like the gut and stuff. Yeah, and even like it seems like they did something to the bridge of his nose or something. He just. I think he disappears into that role. Yeah, he's really good. I, I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff, I don't think, like Dallas Buyers Club, which he's great in. Yeah. But, yeah, he's really good. I, I would have liked to see a little bit more evil from him, but that's, again, worked into the twist of the movie. Yeah. You know? So I was watching this video that someone did on YouTube, and they go through every little piece of evidence in the film against Albert Sparma. And there's a lot of these like connections you can make to link him to the main murder. But then on the flip side, he goes through all the evidence that shows that he has nothing to do with it. And it's like 50-50 when you think about it, when you break down all of the little clues and hints. And I kind of like that. 
Yeah. Like they don't come out and just say he's the one who did it or whatever. They give you a lot of evidence for and against, and it they really kind of leave it up to you as an audience member to be like, what do you think? <laughs> like, so if it were you, do you think he's he's uh, connected to that at all, or do you think he's more on the uh, presumed innocent because there's not enough evidence? I would err on the side of he is, but he's super duper smart, and it's all the big game to him. Yeah. <laughs> and he likely is, but he's likely smart enough to never get anything directly pinned. Sure. You know? Yeah. He does a really good job of portraying, like, how he gets off on the the whole crime committing aspect. Even if, let's just say he is innocent, I feel like he still plays with that whole thing of, like, just the fact that you think I'm guilty is very amusing to me. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of toys with them, like, when they're in the interrogation room. That's probably, yeah. like, my favorite scene. <laughs> Yeah, it's my favorite scene, and it's one of my least favorites because of how kind of cliche it is. Yeah, yeah. But I think his character, look at it this way, like anybody who didn't commit those murders Mm -hmm. would not be cool enough to withstand the, the onslaught of interrogation if they were truly innocent. I get you. Like, you can only be that confident when you're guilty. <laughs> you get what get I'm you. saying? I get you. Somebody who was, did not commit those murders would be losing their shit. <laughs> yeah, they'd be, like, terrified. Yeah. Yeah. And that scene was just way too fucking good cop, bad copy. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you But it you was this. very creepy, and I get what they were doing. Yeah. But I would lean towards, yes, of course he is. He's just the ultimate villain. Not going to get caught. He's like uh, the villain in uh, No Country. Yeah. You know who he reminded me of? It's funny because he plays the Joker, but he reminded me of Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight because there's an interrogation room scene, Mm. and it's the same thing. Like He's just toying with like Batman and Commissioner Gordon who are trying to interrogate him. He's just in there like having a good time. Yeah. So you get what I'm saying? Right. You can't be that confident if you're innocent. Yeah, I get you. Well, and even if you are innocent and you're going to all those lengths to fuck with them like that, <laughs> you know, you're going to get arrested too. Like, Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I guess, yeah, you have nothing to lose. Yeah. So you're just going with it. Yeah, I get you. If you're you. going with it, you're definitely going to get arrested for wasting their time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have the confidence to do that. Be like, get me out of here. Who else stuck out to you in this cast? Was there anyone else that, uh... I mean, most of the movies, the three main characters. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, it's kind of about it. I did like Judith Scott. She plays, uh... She's like the, uh... The autopsy... Yeah. What do you call him? Coroner? She a coroner? I don't know. Tech? Yeah, her technician. Let me ask you this. When they were yeah, out, she to, was good, and she's she's into like the the meat of the, the root of the psychological stress. Yeah, she's weaved into that part of the story, which is cool. Right when she flashes what's on her keychain, when she drops that line of like, "This is, you know," so uh, I always remember what yeah. we did. I had no idea that's what that was until the end. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah, it's like I I had no idea what it was until the end. Yeah, me either. Because I didn't know what it was the first time she flashed it. Right. 
like it didn't make sense to me what it was mm-hmm. yeah just little little bits like that i thought were, were kind of it's cool. detailed and there's a lot of thought put into it yeah and the title of the movie is that so obviously there's going to be a bunch of easter eggs yeah good point the little things did you like so i think the reason they kind of give it that title is because of something that denzel washington says at the end yeah to rami malek's character did you like the title of this film in terms of like what it meant to the story. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to say I was entertained by it, but like, <laughs> yes, it, it makes sense. All of it makes sense. And it's very well thought out and it's very different from, it's like a misdirect. Yeah. So I'll give them that, but I'd still didn't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just some of the, the good cop, bad cop stuff was a little too, cliche for me (laughs) there were a few like really awkward scenes too in this movie and the one i thought was super awkward is when deacon is sitting down and he's talking to the corpse for like a good 35 40 seconds and i was like what's going on here and he's having a full-on conversation yeah it's creepy yeah i think that was another one of those weird intentional things though because you figure out he's like he's not right up in there like in his head (laughs) i don't know yeah it was I wouldn't say hard to watch, but just, like, weird. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would have liked a little bit of some up and down. Yeah. Let me ask you about... It's kind of like a downer, right? Yeah, for sure. The whole time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the whole tone of the film is, like, a complete downer. Yeah. (laughs) There's not a whole lot of joy in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Let me ask you, though, about Rami Malek's character. So, for you, because I know it didn't seem like the best casting for you, but... Any idea, like, why specifically? Did you just not think that he he fit the, like, young hot detective element? I think he would be an awesome villain. I get you. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because, like I said, he's got, like, this trippy face action going on where it's, like, there's a lot going on with his with his eyes and you can tell he's thinking hard. Yeah. This, like, look of bewilderment all the time or something. Mm-hmm. But I think he would be a really good villain rather he's, than a good guy. He's going to be the villain in the next Bond film. Oh, sweet. And that's supposed to come out. Yeah, that's another one on the That's all it is, man. Like, yeah. To me, his type of character. Like, I also don't want to see, I think Leto is good as a villain. I don't yeah. want to see him play like the, the hero good guy. Yeah, you know, he actually first turned this role down. I was reading a, an article with an interview, and he said that... It, at first, he turned the role down because he felt like he was being typecasted as in all these villain roles. <laughs> but it's good. Yeah. And then when he read it, he was like, the director came up to him and was like, yeah, don't worry. Your character's going to have, like, depth to him. It's not going to just be evil. He's like, He's okay. Evil depth. Yeah. But no, that's my, my, that's my thing with, with Rami's character. I just think he should be a villain. Yeah, I get you. And I'm sure we'll definitely review that Bond movie when it comes out. That he's Whenever in. Whenever that is. Yeah, it's supposed to drop. I would think sometime this year, but who knows? <laughs> well, we're kind of zipping along on this one. This one might be a little shorter, but kind of hard to not spoil anything, especially with this film. Well, yeah, it's all it's all interwoven and puzzled up, you know? Yeah, for, for sure. For you to figure out when you watch it, so. Yeah. All right, let's get into some of the techie stuff. Was there anything you liked about how the film was shot? Or something, anything else visual 
about it that stuck out to you? I really liked the the dark kind of tone of the whole movie. Yeah. I did like that. I like it like I said I would have really liked to have some bigger jumps in all of those really kind of dark stuff like when they when they're staking out Leto's house. Yeah. I like those scenes a lot. Yeah, there is uh something really like film noir about how this film is shot. Like uh very dark, very moody, and a lot of it takes place at night. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of contrasted with your introduction to Deacon, I think, because he's up in the mountains somewhere, looks like. Somewhere in Kern County. Yeah, and uh, it's all bright, and it looks like he's, you know, have has his life all figured out, and then he kind of comes down and, like, descends into hell almost, and then this whole backstory comes back to haunt him. So I think that was another one of those like visual cues trying to get you to think about the story. And they got the geography right. They did. Yeah. <laughs> they totally did. Like him driving down. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to ask you before we move on. Because I wasn't sure why. Why do you think they set this film in the 90s? Like out of all time periods, like what made this film a 90s film? That's what I'm not sure about. Because it's not based off of any true story or anything like that. At least not that I know of. Um, I don't know, man. If I had to guess, it was written then. Maybe. Because I was thinking about it, too, for a while. And I'm just like, what makes this film have to be... What? Why does this film have to be told in the decade of the 90s? The only thing I could think of was, like, it needs to be something fairly kind of modern, but without, like, smartphones and stuff like that. <laughs> but I don't know. It's, it's yeah, kind of it a question kind of I strange. have. I mean... If anything, this film almost takes place, like, it works better, like, in the 70s or something. Like, the 60s or 70s, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird choice. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, is there self-smartphones or anything in it? No, that's what I'm saying. The only thing I could think of is they're trying to get it as close to present day as they can without, like, needing to have smartphones in it or anything like that. Hmm. Any of the tech that we have. (laughs) Because you can't have them stake outside Albert's house and have, like, the payphone ring if it's set in like the 2000s yeah that's that's how it is right <laughs> there's still some payphones around yeah that's weird but yeah now that you say it is weird but i'm cool with it it didn't like bug me anything no it didn't bug me it was just a question i had i was just like that's an interesting choice i wonder why they made that if it was set in the 70s there would have been some better music yeah i think so <laughs> Did you like anything about the shooting? I just really liked like the overall tone of it. I can't think of any single shots that like blew me away. Same. I was actually going to say the same thing. I can't think off the top of my head of a specific shot, but I do love the way the movie looks, and particularly all the nighttime stuff. Mm. Um, there's something like dark and gritty about shooting at night. It doesn't matter what you're shooting. And then the fact that it takes place in L.A., that adds to it a little bit more kind of like that grungy dirty vibe to it works well in a crime drama i think and what's funny is like there's almost no special effects in this film like at all (laughs) no it's very much uh practically shot it's all practical effects that i can think of the only thing i can think of is maybe like some visual effects for like the the cityscape of downtown la maybe they remove some buildings and stuff other than that no big explosions (laughs) or anything (laughs) <laughs> There's a little bit of, like, gore. Yeah. A wee little bit. Mm-hmm. Some bodies and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. 
Oh man. I liked the the end shot too. Oh. Yeah, that was a good one. It's it's pretty cool. It's like a big kind of visual metaphor for the going crazy. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like that one too. Right, just one thing. If, yeah. How do I say this without giving anything away? If Leto isn't guilty, what's up with the, the lock cattle gate? Oh, yeah. Like how ridiculous is that to, <laughs> to work into your, your prank? <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. Who knows, man? But yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. Maybe that's his uh, his happy place, and he has uh, access to the lock every time he goes there. <laughs> Maybe he works there or something. <laughs> no, I just for the record, I think he's also kind of more on the guilty side than innocent. Yeah, there's too much going on there. Even guilty if it's being just... a weirdo, even if he didn't commit the murders. <laughs> yeah, he drives a really banger car though. Like it's I don't like know, you just expect him not something. to drive such a nice car. But it's like a 90s, it fits in there. Yeah. It's like a fast 90s car, but it's probably not that expensive. Yeah. It was cool to see all the ugly, boxy 90s cars. <laughs> I dig them. Yeah, for sure. Well, what did you think about score for this movie? It's always a it fun wasn't, thing to talk about. It wasn't super. Like, it was there the whole time, and it kind of bugged me when I noticed it, but I didn't notice it a lot of the time. Yeah. It was very much like, under the surface huh yeah i think for the times it does come out it did a pretty good job of enhancing what was on screen but for the most part i think what they give you in the trailer is some of the same music you hear throughout the film pretty consistent throughout yeah for sure i don't think there was anything outlandish about it where it takes you out of the film it was all kind of what you expect i think so yeah i don't think it was a hindrance for me anyway there were times when I thought they were focusing on the face action so much that it would have been it would have been more impactful with silence and then yeah. there there was score going on and I thought took away from it. I get you. But I'm not a big fan of the super face scenes. <laughs> yeah, something about those uh those face shots. It's just long and drawn out. Yeah. I don't know. Some films do it well, some films completely <laughs> completely screw it up. Capone. all right well this one's just hard to do man without spoiling too much of it it's a lot of it's really hard to talk about let's it's it's that type of movie yeah i would have liked a lot more up and down emotionally but it's just kind of like this dip down and slippy slope slide down the hill the whole movie yeah kind of a bummer yep kind of a bummer but do you think there's probably people out there that love, like, the detail? Oh, yeah. You already said there's people, like, picking it apart. There's people online that are picking apart every little bit of evidence. Like, just in um, Albert's apartment or whatever, I didn't notice it at all, but if you look on the shelves, his shelves are full of, like, these true crime books. Like, he's a nut for crime. Yeah. He had, like, Helter Skelter on there, like, some of these old cases from, like, the 60s, 70s. He's like a total crime buff almost. And so when they were talking about it, they were like... a weirdo. Yeah, they were saying even if he didn't commit the crime, he gets off on like... He seems to get off on crime itself because it like, he's obviously a buff about it. And then they go into his <laughs> his room on a, like a still and show you everything on his shelves. So yeah, his character's really weird. But uh, I think you make a good point where it's... If you're not guilty, you're just... Why are you doing that? 
yeah, why are you doing that? <laughs> you don't fuck with cop. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just thought it was super cool to be in an interrogation room. He's like, <laughs> oh, so sweet. Let's play it like a crime drama. But yeah. Just a little more up and down. Yeah. Get some jumps in there. Get something something better happening. Yeah, it's very kind of monotone, I think. Yeah, for, for what it part. is in terms of like the detail and what it's supposed to be, it's a you know bait and switch. Yeah. Psychological thriller. Yeah. And it's not too thrilling. Yeah. These are all <laughs> like really true points. So just like just to throw it out there, I finished the article for this film. All right. And I actually gave it pretty positive points because not because I think it does everything really well, but I, I think I give it points because I think the filmmakers had a goal in mind when they were making it, and I think they hit the goal. Mm. And I think what they were trying to do with the film is what people don't like. They were just yeah. like, I get what you were trying to do, and you did it, and you succeeded, but I, I'm not into it. Yeah, that's and, exactly how I feel. Yeah, so I th- I think... So I actually gave them kudos because they set out to make something and they succeeded, but I just don't think it connects with a lot of people. And I'm totally going to give them points for trying something different and doing it. And it, it makes sense that what they were doing. Gotcha. Yeah. It wasn't the best film I've ever seen though. (laughs) Like, like you said, I get it. You did it. It makes sense, but I didn't like it. Yeah, exactly. Kind of a bummer. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people are coming from when they talk about it. So, yeah, film is one of those weird things where stuff like that happens. It's like, yeah, we have this idea. We think it's really cool, and we execute and we do it. But some people aren't going to like it. it doesn't land. Yeah, it doesn't land with a lot of people, or it's just how it goes. Well, I think with this cast, you got a pretty high expectation level. Yeah, for sure. I'd say, if anything, what makes the film even watchable for the most part is the cast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> for sure yeah i think we've reached a good point we could start getting into our love hates all right all right man let's start with you this time i loved uh sparma leto's yeah. character super creepy <laughs> bunch of great lines bunch of great lines in the movie he was my favorite and uh i loved the look of it too yeah. i loved how creepy the vibe was with the movie regardless of the storyline Gotcha. And then what I hated was just I just wanted some some more up and down on yeah. the on the emotional and like the kind of climax side of things. Gotcha. It was really slow, really slow. It was like over it was over two hours, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, over two hours. All right, for me, I loved that they were trying to do something different with the story and the genre. And for the most part, I think they do something different with this. But I think the problem is the expectation and the problem is how they kind of marketed this film as your, like, typical crime drama, which in some senses, like, it is. But in other ways, it's trying to be more of this psychological thing. And I think you get a little bit of both. So I guess I give them props for trying. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, like you, I just thought it was a little too slow. It was a bit anticlimactic. But I do like how they kind of end it in a way that's uh, open-ended. They leave it to the audience to try and piece together Mm. what happens or how we view the characters, and they leave it all up to you. So, yeah, hates, I I just guess my my expectations weren't met. 
overall. I wanted them to solve like the actual main plot mystery line. Yeah, you wanted some closure on the on the main murder. Yeah, but having said that, what they gave us with Deacon's character and like unwrapping all of that, I thought that was interesting too. Mm. I guess it goes back to my lukewarm thing. I'm lukewarm on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <sighs> yeah, it's it's a weird space to be in because you you can't just shit all over it and say it's awful. Right. It's not. It is trying to do something and it and it did it. Yeah. And, and it's you not can great acknowledge either. Acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but it wasn't it wasn't very entertaining. Yeah. All right. Well, let's try and slap a score on this thing. <laughs> okay, you go you go first. Okay. So, I think for the story I'm going to give it half a point. I'll give it half a point because it's different, but then it's also sort of just anticlimactic, and it's a bit boring. It's a bit of a slog, so I'll give it half. The acting, I'm going to give one, so I'll give one on acting. The look, I'll give one. Score, I'll give one. That's three, three and a half. And then I'm going to give it... I'm not going to give it a point for, like... (laughs) Yeah, for the feels. Yeah, the feels. I, I didn't really like it all that much but it's funny when you read my article you're gonna be like oh he loved this film (laughs) 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 but yeah it's uh and then to be fair too this isn't my favorite genre yeah so i'm gonna stick it right there to three and a half three Three and and a half half buckets of popcorn all right i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it the point for the or the bong load for acting okay and and characters because that's what it is it's like a character story and it's interesting although i was a little too much face (laughs) um too much face. Yeah, I'm going to go half on story, half on score. It did not tickle me in, in good ways when I noticed it. Um, I'm going to give it a full on the look and like the cinematography because all of that was pretty good. It had a very distinct tone filming-wise and the geography they got right. Okay. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, no point on the, on the feels because I didn't enjoy it that much. Gotcha. So what am I at? Oh, I didn't do story. I'll I'll give him a half for story as well. I think I said that. Okay. Yeah, so what am I at? Is it also three and a half? No, I think it's two and a half. Two and a half, okay. Yeah. All right. Half for, I'm really stoned. (laughs) Full point for acting, that's one. Half for score, half for story, so that's, so I'm three. Three, okay, three. Yeah. Three bong loads. Three bong loads, three and a half buckets of popcorn. Three strong bong loads. Yeah, this season blueberry got me all confused. <laughs> uh, it's all good, man. It's what our show's all about. <laughs> uh. Yeah, three, three bong loads. All right, cool. Yeah, this one was uh, one of those boring in-betweeners. It would have been a lot better with just like th- maybe two. Two really big climaxes at some point throughout the second act. Yeah, for right? sure. You could still have your third act be end how it does. But just yeah. give us a little something in the second act. Okay, and then before we go, would you recommend this film? Uh, if you're into this genre, maybe. Okay. If you have HBO Max, would you if recommend it? If you have it, it it's, it, it's worth a watch. Okay, cool. I guess I, to like figure out the puzzle if, if you want to. I think I'm right there with you. It's if a good conversation starter, right? Because if two people have seen it, they can start throwing out their theories on whether or not Leto's guilty. Yeah. Yeah, if you're into true crime and all that. But I'm not a yeah I'm not a big fan of any of that shit so <laughs> me either. And if you like it. Denzel Washington and Jared Leto, Rami Malek, I mean yeah Leto's I'll say that Leto's performance is worth watching it. Yeah, because he's creepy. He's really good. 
<sighs> but yeah, that's all I got. Me too. I think we we did the best we could with the non-spoiler. <laughs> so yeah, people, that was episode 58 of The Buff and the Blazer. And we talked about the little things. Streaming on HBO Max now. So if you're a subscriber, you get it for free. So check it out. It's uh, You'll see it on the front page. It's on every banner. It's like uh, Warner Brothers' big release until another one comes out. But that's all we got. So everyone uh, have a good week, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.